welcome back to Knives Out Minute by Minute. I am Megan Griffin, this week's host, and I am going to be joined all week by Sarah If Decker. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. This episode, we are discussing minute 10 to 1059. Uh, we are in the middle of Joni's story of the party. We get the name of her skincare business, which is Flam. We meet her daughter, Meg. Um, we get the definition of Flam. Uh, we also see that Meg and Joni join the part or came to the party together, but Meg left early to meet her friends from Smith. And we learn that uh, Harlan pays for Meg's education. The last dial, the final dialogue of the minute is, I think Linda was upset. Hmm. So I don't know if this is the first time we see Catherine Langford, but it is the first time we are introduced to Catherine Langford. She plays Meg, Joni's daughter. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. This is our first little minute. What do you think? So uh, this is, it's a fun minute in terms of really giving a sense of uh, Joni's character um, that we have this skincare, which is a, it's a skincare company, but it's also a lifestyle. <laughs> it is a self-sufficiency with acknowledgement of human need. <laughs> and it's very deeply mockable. It's also, uh, I apologize. I can't remember if this is exactly in this minute or right before, but that you have the bit where she's talking about, you know, how much she loves the family. And then you see her trying to kind of get Linda to dance and you can tell Linda absolutely hates her and does not yes. want to dance. <laughs> Yes, it, that is the kind of the start of where this minute is, is in that little scene. But yeah, you can definitely get the vibe of like, Linda does not care. Yeah. And so it's this very interesting dynamic with Joni that you can tell she's very much part of this family in her mind, but maybe not as much a part of this family in the minds of the actual family. Agreed. I, I really like this role for Tony Collette. I feel like most things that I see her or I've seen her in recently have been very, very serious roles. Mm -hmm. And it's just so much fun to watch her have fun and be yes. vapid as can be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the last thing I saw her was Hereditary. So Same. Same. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a little different from Hereditary. Mm -hmm. We learned that Meg is getting a crypto marxist post-deconstructional feminist poetry theory whatever major <laughs> um we don't get a ton of meg in this minute um we mostly outside see of her the, leaving yes we see her leaving the party she left early to go visit some friends from smith uh and linda takes offense to this that's you know the fact that Harlan pays for her education, she should stay. Right. Um, she would have stuck around for the cake. Does she actually go to Smith or is that, or does she just have friends that are there and it's nearby? I think it's the latter. Okay. Do we I know what school she goes to? Uh, I only watched our minutes. So uh, it has been a few weeks since I've seen this. I don't think we do. Uh, it's definitely mentioned at some point that it's about a hundred grand. So mm -hmm. uh, definitely private. Probably I yeah. Ivy League. Yeah, I was thinking Ivy League or based on the description of the major that that's a kind of like create your own major that you see at a lot of like very kind of top tier small liberal arts colleges. Yes, definitely. Um, and it's definitely a running joke. She never really says what her major is. Mm -hmm. You can get a sense very quickly of what Meg is like just from that one definition of her degree. Yeah. Uh, 
which I just laugh every time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she very, and it also very much kind of introduces her as this character who is the kind of person that a certain category of people would describe as a social justice warrior. Yes, very much so. Um, or at least that that's how she wants to think of herself, although later events might undermine that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much of a social justice warrior you can be with this amount of money in your life, but... Exactly, that she's sort of aspirationally yes. that, or likes to yes. think of herself as being in that category. Uh, agreed. Um, I mean, I do think that the cuts back and forth... I think this would be editing i'm bad at film um i think the cuts back and forth uh, between the party and the um uh the questioning sequences are really interesting here and really kind of go a long way to showing character uh, agreed i really think they're kind of seamless um, yeah it, it's uh, a very dark kind of party scene with the light, only light really being the fireplace mm-hmm. uh to this kind of jarring daylight yeah. Um, where Jody Joni is at an angle where you can see the window and basically the iconic chair. Yes. Um, but it's not as jarring as most mystery films would make it, where, you know, right. the light would feel really dark. I feel like kind to our actors. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and the dark is... It's dark, but it's not actually sinister. I mean, it's the uh, it's kind of presenting the party as this, uh, in some ways, kind of last happy moment. Although, yeah. you know, increasingly we find out things that uh, sort of undermine that facade. Yeah. All right. So outside of really Meg and Joni um, and the relationship with Linda, in which we can assume if they don't have a great relationship with Linda, it's probably not too great with anybody else. Uh, are there any other things of this little minute? I think that's, I guess actually the one other thing I would say that is that uh, it is also interesting that, uh, I mean, so right before this, she kind of briefly refers to her husband, who is the one who is actually Harlan's child. And he very much is this, I mean, he's dead, but he's very much this like non-presence in terms of like after the fact that she refers to his existence to explain what she's doing there, nobody ever refers to him. No, actually, I guess this really does focus on the minute where um, Joni may be really flighty, but like Meg really gives a sense of vibe or a sense of really respecting her grandfather and really Mm -hmm. like she makes a comment about how he is selfless. And I think it rings really true. That Meg yeah. probably does view her grandfather as um, very selfless here. Um, that, you know, she is, he is paying for her education, which is an immense amount of money. Yes. <laughs> which I also definitely got sticker shock because uh, I, I think, well, because I think tuitions have gone up since I was in college. Same here. Uh, um. <laughs> I also went to a public state school, so. Um. Yeah, I went to a private small liberal arts college and when I went to one a while ago, it was half that for a year, which is still a lot of money, <laughs> but it's like, wow, this is what, are this, is this really what we're up to now? I do wonder if he's covering uh, tuition and room and board. He has to be. There's no way right. that Joey yeah. is picking up any of this bill or Meg taking on any loans. Yeah. And I bet also even like, like adding in like things like books, spending money. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't be no. surprised if he's covering all of that. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I can't imagine Meg is someone that is running for a sorority, but housing still isn't going to be cheap, and there's no way she's got a job or anything. 
Um, no, definitely not. So she probably has an unpaid internship. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> One that is going to yield her a job that's great, and that's fine. But <sighs> yeah, student loans suck so much. <laughs> um, but we don't get a sense that Meg is a terrible person here, or or even like you no. know unintentionally terrible. That she seems really broken up about her grandfather. Yeah, yeah. definitely. All right. Okay, so this episode is Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. If you're listening to this on a Monday, we're recording this on a Monday. We are. <laughs> All right, so did you see this film in the, th- the cinema? I did. I went to see it in the cinema fairly late. It had already been around for a while. Uh, fun fact, when it first came out, I was in Italy. Oh, nice. And I did not see it in Italy but I did see all the signs for it. And so I know that the Italian title literally translates to dinner with crime. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, <laughs> I'm so calling that this, every from now going forward. I'm sorry, everybody listening. If I go, do you want to watch dinner with crime? This is what I mean. <laughs> this is why. And then I finally saw it like a month later after I was home and really enjoyed it. But I was like, huh, I actually expected more dinner. <laughs> understandable i mean i i can imagine all the italian reviews being like you know there's just not enough food which i feel like could be said about most american movies honestly true um i also saw this in cinema Uh, i saw it twice i saw we got an early if i remember correctly this came out on thanksgiving we got an early release and we got tickets um, I think it was only like a week early at the most, maybe even mm-hmm. only a day early. Um, yeah. I definitely saw it twice though in theaters. I saw it with uh, Gina. Yeah, I mean, you know, March 2020 was an entire It was, year, so. it was. So I definitely saw it early because I remember getting really excited about having advanced tickets. I maybe saw it again then with Gina if I didn't go see it the first time. And then I definitely took my, uh, my dad and stepmom at Christmas because um, they came to New York and it was freezing and we just ended up spending an afternoon inside and part of that was going to see Fair. knives out so nice. yeah yeah you do not want to be outdoors in the winter no. in the no new york is beautiful especially with a little bit of snow definitely with christmas decorations um it's still really cold yeah <laughs> anything else we really want to discuss in this minute i think we've kind of hit everything on Joni. yes i think so all right Well, thank you for discussing this first minute with me. I know you'll be back tomorrow to discuss the next minute. Um, But until then, why don't you tell the uh, listeners where people can find you? Yes. So the best place to find me is my podcast, Media Evil, where I, as a medieval historian, talk about medieval movies and other media and why they're wrong, uh, which Meg has has guested on a couple of times. So those are fun episodes to start with. And you can also find me on Twitter at Sarah Ifdecker. I have to say, I have a friend that every time I am talking about being on your podcast, he, and every single time he stops, I have to stop so he can go, best podcast name ever. Oh, <laughs> which I very much appreciate. I don't remember whether I came up with it or whether my co-host <laughs> came up, my then co-host came up with it. Completely understand. Came up with it. Yeah, no, it's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> For this podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at Knives Out Minutes. Uh, Go there for updates. Go there to find the old minutes. Go there to find whatever you need. If you're looking for 
a guest or a host information. Uh, for me, you can find me at my blog, which is Meg Griffin, M-E-G-G, and then Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, dot com. You can find links to all my podcasts, all my writings, and all my reviews there. Um, we will be back tomorrow to discuss minute 11 through 11.59. Bye. See you then.